You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Tom uh, Silverstein has been covering the Packers for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, covering the Packers for over 30 years now. Ever had a situation like this, Tom? Yes. <laughs> just, just, just go back to Brett Favre. You know, I, it's like I'm doomed to cover this <laughs> at the end of a Hall of Famer's career every time. So, if Jordan Love becomes a Hall of Famer and I last that long. I'll be expecting the same thing. Uh, how would you uh, recap yesterday? It was it was crazy. I, you know, I didn't expect uh, I didn't expect that Rogers would test positive and then find out he was unvaccinated. You know, when he gave his press conference on the 26th of August and talked about being immunized, it struck me funny. It really did because I try to listen to his where he is a he is a craftsman when it comes to wordplay but he started talking and talking more about vaccination and and i bought into it and i'm kicking myself today that i didn't doubt it more but it was a surprise and you know it's it's the time of COVID, and and these things are happening all over how complicit are the packers in this that's a good question i I mean, we're going to find out a little bit. I've got to think that there was some rules bent, but you know, the thing about it is everything is, is recorded in their facility. So if there were violations, where was the NFL? Cause the NFL goes through these violations or through these tapes and that's where they end up finding teams. And, and they've done it, you know, at the Raiders. And I forgot what the other teams were. So I think the NFL is probably complicit if, if indeed there were violations. What was the local reaction to this? Well, you know, it's hard. It's sort of like the politics in this state. You, you're either on one side or the other. You either love Rogers or you're mad about what happened in the off season. And so those who are mad about what happened in the off season are really mad today. I mean, they're just dug in and those who love them. I, I it kind of depends where you weigh in on the vaccination thing too. I, I think those who are really pro vaccination are kind of losing their um, love for him. I brought this up at the start of the show. I think in Rogers head, his mind that he was protected his way. That, hey, I, I, I did research. I did it the holistic way. Now, he did apply for this and was turned down by the NFL. But he might have in his head thought, hey, I'm, I raised my antibodies and I'm immunized. And he said, yeah, are you vaccinated? Whoever asked the question, he said, yeah. And then he said, I'm immunized. And then he goes on to say, but yeah, it's a personal choice. And, uh, you know, I'm not here to basically say who should or shouldn't get, you know, vaccinated or not. So I, that's what I was wondering here, that Rogers may have thought he was he was protected, doing the right thing. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to say that's a naive thought, Dan. I mean, because here's how I looked at it was this is a contractually, you know, the rules here were collectively bargained between the NFL and the players union. And Rogers has been part, he was part of that, negotiation when they came up with the the contract the last contract so he's not dumb enough to know not know that this was a this is a contractual thing it's right there it says you have to have the moderna the pfizer 
or the other one, Johnson & Johnson. No other vaccines count. It says it right in the contract. So I, I don't believe that he, he knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. He, he doesn't believe in the vaccination. And I okay. feel he should have just been honest about it. Do the Packers respond today? Uh, in what way? Do Does somebody get in front of a camera or the microphone and explain what they knew, when they knew it? You know, management, what 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 went on behind the scenes here? Because what I I'm, so. I was told by a source this morning, the Packers, you know, from this person's uh, standpoint, are complicit in this. That you know, they 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 may have not wanted to upset Aaron Rodgers. They may have wanted to, you know, hey, we're in it together. We'll take the bullet for you. We'll turn our head. Yeah, I, I think that's probably there's some truth to that. I think. I think there were some rules bent. Now, I don't know to what extent, you know, I've been told he's he wears a mask, but you know, from from just our standpoint, the media, you know, he didn't wear them at press conferences. And I don't know if that's a violation. That's still up in the air. Uh, we didn't see it like on the sideline or after games, you know, like he knew he was not vaccinated and walking up to other players and things like that. He doesn't have to, but it's hard to know exactly what was going on behind the scenes. And no, I don't think they'll address it. I don't think they'll say another word about their role in it. Matt LaFleur was pretty clear yesterday that he's not saying anything. So it'll come out in the investigation. And honestly, I don't think anything's going to come out of that. They're not going to slap someone really hard for Aaron Rodgers, especially when they're probably, the NFL is probably complicit in it as well. Yeah, I know. But then you had the Saints got dinged on this. The Titans got dinged on this. The Raiders got dinged on this. So I, I don't think the Packers are out of the woods here. All right. Jordan Love yeah, expectations. Right. What what should the expectations be for Jordan Love Sunday? I I think there should be some expectation. I mean, it's a it's a year and a half into his career. He's a first round pick. It's time. I mean, I, he he had a little bit of action in the New Orleans game and moved the ball, had like a 58-yard drive till he got sacked and fumbled at the five-yard line. I think there's expectation. This is this is exactly his moment, I think. And he's got to step up and be be that guy. And at least, I mean, he doesn't have to beat the Chiefs, but he's got to play competitively. You got a story either way. If if Love plays well, okay, maybe we do have our future. If he doesn't play well, then what's the story? What's the angle there? It's not the end of the world. It's, you know, he's going to get another chance. I don't think uh, Rodgers, I was going to say Favre, unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, I don't think Rodgers is going to play against Seattle. I mean, he's not free until um, – November 13th. And then that's assuming everything is okay. So I think love could end up starting two games and we'll know then, I mean, they, they got to make a judgment too, after the season. Now, if Favre, if Favre, if Rogers <laughs> wins the Super Bowl or they Packers win the Super Bowl and Rogers decides he wants to stay, they still have to make a decision, you know, is is maybe Jordan Love, if he balls out these next two games, 
they just decide we're going with him. You got PTSD, I think, when it comes oh, to totally. Packer quarterbacks there. Can anything compare to the drama that surrounded Favre? But that one, that one is branded on me, you know, like like a big welt. It just it, it'll never, I'll never get over that period. <laughs> and so, no, I don't think this is quite reaches that. But um, it is interesting. This one's a little more interesting. The other one was just tedious and <laughs> brutal. Uh, the cold weather, uh, home field advantage for the Packers, you know, when we get to the playoffs and NFC title game, I mean, is that still real, do you think? It is to some degree. I mean, it, it wasn't for Tampa Bay last year, and the reason was because they have Tom Brady and because they have a defense. But, you know, for teams like Tennessee came in and just got – you know, they just weren't ready for it and, and just fell apart. So it kind of depends who you bring in and which team. But I I tend to think it's only a factor if it's just brutally cold, you know, if it's just like zero degrees. And it it hasn't been like that in a while. And even, even then, if you remember, um, Jim Harbaugh brought a team in in the playoffs and it was just ghastly cold and, and they beat the Packers. So I don't think it's like a, a cure-all. It's that Rodgers, because he's so skilled and able to play in the cold, that that's why they win. It was the same with Favre. Great stuff, Tom. I know you got a busy day ahead of you. We appreciate your time as always. Yeah, it was great being with you. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Let's bring on our good buddy, Ross Tucker, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, works for CBS, Westwood One, and uh, he hosts the Even Money podcast that uh, you should follow on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. He uh, is busy calling Mac action. Uh, had a game on Tuesday night. I think that was Ball State in Akron. He's got Clemson at Louisville coming up Saturday for Westwood One. He's a busy man, the peripatetic Ross Tucker. Ross, how are you today? Fantastic, always. What's up, Dan? Thursday night football, Mike White versus the Colts. If he plays extremely well, do the Jets then have a – is it a good thing or a bad thing if Mike White plays really well tonight against the Colts? I think it's a fair question. Uh, ultimately, it's a good thing. I think in the short term, it might be a little bit of an issue for the Jets. They have to sort through. But at a minimum, you don't want to rush Zach Wilson back from this injury. So you want – Mike White to win. You want Mike White to play well. They're trying to build something there, a new culture with Robert Sala and the Jets. So absolutely, they want Mike White to play well. I know some Jets fans kind of have mixed emotions like, wait a minute, why does he look better than Zach Wilson does? We'll see if that happens tonight. You know, it's funny, Dan, I was talking with Greg Cosell this morning on the Ross Tucker podcast, and he just mentioned the Bengals were really conservative and vanilla against Mike White last Sunday. I mean, they really just played zone and 
I think the Colts will be much more aggressive tonight. I'm not sure Mike White will play that well, but if he does, I know this. I'll personally be thrilled for him. Any of these guys, Dan, Cooper Rush, Mike White, these guys get a chance to actually start a game. They've been just battling, scratching, clawing to stay in the league for years. I always root for these guys. Is it a better story if Jordan Love plays well or doesn't play well against Kansas City? Oh, I think it's a better – well, I guess it depends on your perspective. I think it's a more interesting story. How about if you're a Packer fan? Is it it better that he plays well? No guarantee he wins, but he plays well or he doesn't play well. Oh, okay. That's totally different. Packers fan, you absolutely want Jordan Love to play well. Number one, you want to give your team a chance to win the game. But number two, you want to feel pretty good about what you have in Love when Rodgers isn't there anymore, which is very likely next year. So you absolutely hope Jordan Love plays well. Now, for us, it would be interesting if Jordan Love really played poorly, that would make the offseason even more interesting. And frankly, it would make the entire conversation surrounding Aaron Rodgers and, you know, testing positive and not being vaccinated. It would make that even more interesting if Love plays really poorly. What do you think happens with the Packers? Uh, are they complicit in what happened with Aaron Rodgers? And what happens to Aaron Rodgers? You know, bigger picture with not just being uh, out with COVID, but is he fined? Is he suspended? I think there's going to have to be some sort of discipline. Now, I'll say this. I don't, I don't follow the rules that closely of when they have to wear a mask or what they have to do if they're unvaccinated. But at a minimum, it feels like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers organization were misleading in this instance. So I'll be curious to see how the NFL comes down. They know it's a very sensitive topic, and frankly – Other teams are watching. The thing I keep coming back to, though, Dan, is, you know, I hear all the time whether or not you're vaccinated is a personal decision, personal decision. I get that, but not really when you play for a team, right? Like, not really for a couple different reasons. I mean, number one, you know, we've all read that you're less likely to test positive, less likely to transmit it, all those things if you're vaccinated. So if you're not vaccinated – you're really not quite doing what's best for the team. And then even just forget that part of it, just the NFL, NFLPA rules. I mean, Saquon Barkley tested positive, but because he's vaccinated, if he gets back-to-back negative tests, he can play in the next game. Whereas Rodgers is out at least 10 days, might put him out for the next game. You know, if you're, if you're a leader and you're part of a team, it's not really the personal decision that people talk about all the time. It's it's kind of a, a team decision, especially if you're a leader and winning the Super Bowl, going to it and winning it is supposed to be a high priority for you. I was uh, not accused of being naive, but it was mentioned I might be naive because in my mind, I'm thinking Rodgers, in his mind, thinks that he was protected, that he had you know this holistic approach and raise your antibodies and you're going to be – because he said – when he was asked, hey, have you been vaccinated? And he goes, yeah, I've been immunized. Well, nobody in the room thought to ask him, okay, is he, is he playing games with words here that maybe in his mind he thought he was protected? Although I was told maybe you're being naive and giving Rodgers too much credit that he did know what he was doing, didn't believe in getting vaccinated, and was sort of taking chances here of, 
uh, being a spreader or getting in it himself. Well, it sounds like he's got this personal doctor that he really believes in. And if they did some type of therapy to try to boost his antibodies, I think on some level, Rogers probably did think he was protected. But to me, Dan, that's not the point. Like Aaron is a really smart guy. And the rules were very clear from the NFL and the NFLPA. So listen, you, you don't have to agree with the rules. And I know a lot of people don't, but these are the rules of engagement for the 2021 season. So if it's really important to you to win as many games as possible, to try to win a Super Bowl, all those things, you really should be vaccinated, right? Like if that's a high priority or priority one, win games, win the Super Bowl, because of the way the rules are laid out this year, you really should be vaccinated if that's a high priority for you. Yeah, but he doesn't have to be vaccinated. You have Carson Wentz who said, I'm not vaccinated. Uh, Alan Lazard, Kirk Cousins, they've come out and said they're not vaccinated. Well, they're still playing. I don't know why Rodgers didn't just say, look, I'm not vaccinated. I've been immunized and I'll go through the COVID protocol. Then I don't know if anybody would have a problem with this because when's the last time Kirk Cousins or Carson Wentz's name came up that they're not vaccinated? I said at the beginning of the year, you're going to have a situation where you have a big time quarterback test positive and we're going to see what the fallout is in that quarterback room. Well, Jordan Love somehow escaped this and the third string quarterback has COVID. Devontae Adams coming off COVID, Alan Lazard with COVID. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is responsible for that, but I'm curious if you're a teammate of Aaron Rodgers and you know he did this, was he being deceitful? Was he, was he trying to, you know, be vague and look at what the fallout is here? And, and right, what did so the Packers know as well? Because did they just say, hey, whatever we do, let's don't upset Aaron, given what happened in the offseason? Yeah, I mean, listen, he didn't want all the criticism that goes along with not being vaccinated, okay? He knows it's a polarizing topic, and he didn't want to face the wrath of the media. It's that simple, because otherwise he would have totally owned it. And I actually give credit to Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz for owning it. Here's the thing, though, Dan. I really believe that if Cousins and Wentz tested positive and missed games in the regular season – I think we would be up in arms anyway. They both tested positive in the preseason. So they they already missed their time during preseason. I said back then, if this happens to a guy that's especially unvaccinated during the season, it's going to be a really big deal, and it is. If Cousins or Wentz tested positive now and had to miss 10 days, maybe two games, I think they'd be getting a lot of flack as well. Maybe not as much as Rodgers because people didn't know that Rodgers was unvaccinated, but they'd still be getting a lot of criticism. He's Ross Tucker, former NFL lineman. He works for CBS Westwood One and host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can follow him at Ross Tucker NFL. The Odell Beckham Jr. situation. Does he have a point about Baker Mayfield? Well, he can be frustrated that he doesn't get the ball more. But, Dan, I played for five teams. I never once met a wide receiver that didn't think they should get the ball more. And this video his dad puts out there, you know, anybody could do a video. Look, you know what, Dan? You know, I'm going to put a video out there, five minutes of my NFL career, 
and everybody will think I was really, really good. Guess what? I wasn't. You can do anything with videos. Maybe, right? maybe about three minutes. <laughs> but but the point is, is okay, so his dad posts a video of when he's open and doesn't get the ball. Every receiver's dad can do that. And by the way, what are you doing having your dad do that? And don't tell me Odell wasn't in on it because it's not a coincidence that the same day LeBron James tweets free OBJ, okay? Like this is an an orchestrated, coordinated thing. Frankly, honestly, this is really bad. I mean, I'm embarrassed for him. Like I'm embarrassed that he had his dad do that. I mean, what's next, Dan? Next time I'm filling in for you, Am I going to have my mom call you and ask if I can get a little bit more money when I feel like, what What are we like? You're a grown man. You're an adult. And honestly, it's cowardly. Like I have a lot more respect for guys that say, you know, I, I, I wish I was getting the ball more. I'm not happy. You have your buddy LeBron tweet something and your dad post a video. It's passive aggressive, pathetic. Do you think though, he has a point that Baker Mayfield is just not a good enough quarterback? I don't think that's his point. I think it is. I think he's saying, I'm open. He can't make these throws. He doesn't He doesn't pull the trigger quick enough. And if you look at, now granted, it's 11 minutes that's been edited together to make Odell look good and Baker to look bad. But there are moments that fill up 11 minutes, even though some are in slow motion, that <laughs> Baker Mayfield does miss throws with Odell Beckham. Yeah, but they all do. I mean, I, I think there's two different things. If he just doesn't like Baker, doesn't think Baker Mayfield's good enough, okay. I think he thinks that Baker doesn't look for him. I think he thinks that that Baker doesn't want to throw him the ball. That's wait, sort wait, of an entirely okay. But look, Baker needs Odell Beckham to get a, a new contract, right? I don't agree. I actually think if you look at it over the last couple of years, they're better without him. Well, I don't I mean, want Odell. I don't want Odell Beckham on my team, but he is extremely talented, and I do think that y- you need to put up some passing numbers. You know, they're a running team, and there's a reason why because they're more confident in running the football than they are passing it. Even with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, most teams would be a pass team first. I I think there's still questions with Baker Mayfield here. I don't like the way Odell did this, but I think Odell did it because he knew, hey. Go ahead, cut me and pay me, and I'll go find another team. Well, there's definitely questions with Baker Mayfield, especially as it relates to whether or not he gets a a big-time long-term contract. But as it relates to Odell Beckham Jr., I don't really know how talented he really is anymore. And Baker Mayfield and the Browns have clearly played better without him. Throw the ball to Landry. Throw the ball at Donovan Peoples-Jones. They've got three good tight ends. Their backs are excellent out of the backfield. They don't need Odell Beckham Jr., but he was smart the way he timed it Yeah. because no one's going to pick him up on waivers now because of his salary. So if they cut him, he'll be able to sign with whatever team he wants. I mean, they're, they're trying to figure out the money right now. They want to get rid of him. If he, if he wasn't guaranteed all this money, he would have been cut already. Yeah, I think that he's, you know, they held him out of practice again today. And I think, according to the CBA, Mike Florio said, you're not allowed to do that. You can't hold him out. Uh, He has to be able to come back if he wants to come back. So you have to either allow him to come back or you release him. And I think that's what he's hoping for. And 
Who knows where he ends up, but it feels like he's going to get paid and then get paid again and going to get his get out of jail card. Who really wants him? I mean, the, the, the Saints, what he's doing the, right now. The Saints would take him right now. Yeah, you know what? That's fair. And I think they probably would. I don't think he'd get a lot of money, but he's injured a lot. He's not productive. He doesn't get along with quarterbacks like Eli Manning and Baker Mayfield. And this is the second time in a row that he's kind of tried to force his way out. Uh, who's looking for that? I mean, that, that's the grand slam right there of four things I don't want on my team. Yeah, but Antonio Brown, he got a couple of second chances, third chances. Much better player, I think, than Odell is at this stage. I agree. But I you're agree. right. He'll, he'll, go, he'll go to the Saints or somewhere, and I guess he'll get the ball more. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think he's very good anymore. Uh, but I think he realizes that people are feeling that way, and he wants to go somewhere else to prove that he's still got it. Great to talk to you, Ross, as always. Thank you, buddy. Safe travels. At- Absolutely. Thank you. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? along with my fellow pro bowler, T.J. Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up on game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up on Game with me, LeVar Arrington, T.J. Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Yesterday at this time, the Odell Beckham story was sort of simmering. It's not simmering any longer. Mary Kay Cabot covers the Browns, a writer for Cleveland.com, the Plain Dealer, and a Browns analyst for WKYC-TV. Mary Kay, how would you sum up the last 24 hours? Uh, Well, it's been really crazy, but I think when you trade for an Odell Beckham Jr., you have to uh, plan that you might have a little bit of of zaniness uh, with the program that comes along with the immense talent that he is at times. But uh, it's it's been stressful on everyone. It's been difficult Uh, inside that building in Berea. There's been a basically a firestorm going on in there and uh, and it just needs a resolution. Okay, when is that resolution going to happen? You know, I think it might take a little time, but I do think that Odell Beckham Jr. has played his last ball for the Cleveland Browns. I really think the only thing left to do is figure out some kind of an exit plan, whether that is a settlement that requires some money given back or whether it requires, you know, it takes an outright release. Whatever it is, I think it's over. Was OBJ at the facility yesterday? No, he was not. He was told to stay home yesterday. And the same thing has happened today. Uh, He really is no longer a part of the team. And again, his agent is talking to Browns GM Andrew Barry, and they're basically just trying to work out some kind of an arrangement where he is no longer playing football for the Browns. How long has this been building? Well, you know, I think he came into this season really committed to helping this team win and ready to go. He he rehabbed from the torn ACL and he was a good teammate 
and just the good citizen all the way up, I think, uh, pretty much until he got one target against the Steelers in that 15-10 loss uh, for six yards. One catch for six yards in a game in which they scored 10 points. And he was on the field for 43 snaps, so it wasn't like he wasn't out there. Uh, so I think that was it. I think his camp basically just said, forget it, we're done, we've got to get you out of here. And that's what happened. But I wonder, and I don't know if you can tell us, does does he think that Baker Mayfield is avoiding him on purpose on the football field, or does he think Baker Mayfield is just inept? Well, I, I think it's probably uh, a mixture of, and I don't know if Odell per se feels this, but I feel like his sort of his camp, his inner circle uh, believes, obviously we know this from what his dad posted, uh, that Baker wasn't going to Odell at times when he was open. And I also think that they believe that, uh, you know, that Odell would fare better with a higher caliber quarterback. I'm wondering if you put this to a fan vote, do you want to re-sign Baker Mayfield to a long-term contract, a max deal, where you're going to pay him at least $40 million? What do you think the Cleveland fans would vote? Uh, you know what? I, I think that the Cleveland fans are still, for the most part, behind Baker Mayfield. And, uh, and I think that the Browns still believe that he is their quarterback of the future. At least that's the vibe I have been getting over the past month or so, that they really still believe in him. And, uh, and feel like there have been some extenuating circumstances this season, injuries on the part of Baker and those around him. Do you believe so, that he's the future? Uh, you know what? I, I, I wonder sometimes if he is or not. I'm, I'm not as convinced as I was maybe at the end of, of 2018. Um, but still, here's the thing. The receiving court hasn't really necessarily – done an amazing job this year. I mean, Odell has been a non-factor. Jarvis has been out of the lineup most of the time. Kareem Hunt is gone. I'm not ready to pass any judgment on Baker Mayfield this season until I can see him out there with a full complement around him. He hasn't had, again, Kareem Hunt, Jarvis, Odell. Not one game has he had that whole offense around him. How close did the Browns come to trading Odell Beckham at the trade deadline? I don't think they came really close because, you know, he still has about $7 million left that he's owed this season. And I just don't really think anybody was willing to pick that up or could pick that up. There aren't that many teams that have that kind of cap space. Handicap this team's second half of the season within their own division as far as just making it to the playoffs. Well, you know, it's going to be really tough because of what those Cincinnati Bengals are doing. And this game on Sunday is enormous. And you can hear Kevin Stefanski talking about it in terms of we're desperate and our lives depend on it. Uh, I, I think the Browns have got to use this really as a rallying cry. I think it's time for Baker Mayfield to show who he is and what he is as a leader and really kind of lead this team to the playoffs. They can still do it. Uh, they've got five division games left. you got the uh, Ravens coming up twice here. Yes. Uh, so, you know, they have the opportunity to do it, but they're going to have to dig deep. And somehow this team's going to have to really turn it around and find the passing game that's basically non-existent right now. Thank you, Mary Kay. We appreciate your time as always. Thanks for having me.